Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. Yes, we do, Nat. And this week we are talking intuitive eating. How to eat what you love with dietitian Sammy Privet. Oh. Yes. She's actually from from She's actually from from <laughs> Find Food Freedom. Mm-hmm. And I saw her on TikTok and I was just like, this gal seems like she needs to be on the potty immediately. Immediately. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah, so we're gonna be talking to Sammy about what is intuitive eating, why diets don't work, and how to feel balanced but fun and free with your eating choices. Yeah. And we just wanna say at the top right now, we wanna leave a little trigger warning because we know that food can be a sensitive subject and we will be talking about relationships to food, disordered eating, eating disorders, and toxic eating habits. So if that doesn't feel good to you, you can feel free to listen to one of our other episodes. Click off. Yeah, you don't have to listen yeah. to this, but we just wanted to give you guys that heads up. Yeah, and at the end, we're going to play Recent Obsessions. <gasps> so Ooh. you could even scroll to the end if you want to hear Recent Obsessions. And, oh, yeah. You know? Yes. So now, what are we drinking today? Well, this is actually... <gasps> oh, wait. Yeah. <gasps> I know what we're drinking we're today. We're drinking... We're da, drinking da, da. A, a listener suggestion. From... Should we say... Can we say what her name is? She wouldn't mind if we said it. it was from Shelby. From Shelby. And am I? She wrote into the podcast um, and she said, I would like to suggest a personal favorite. It is a sweeter red wine, Roscato Rosso Dolce. Mm. I usually find it at my local Target or grocery store for under $20. Oh, and it's your fave. A twist top, which I agree is a must. Oh, so thank you for yes. emailing us. We went out and got it. Riscato? Riscato Rosso, Rosso Dolce. Dolce. A sweet R- red. Yeah, that's literally R- Rosso Dolce. Oh, you know, I don't know that. Don't barely speak English. <laughs> I barely speak English. I'm good at sounding like I can speak other languages, but I can't. You have good pronunciation. I can pronounce a lot of things. Ooh. Oh, ah, ah. What happened? This is why I okay, don't do Corinne, the it wine. Okay, it is so close to the edge. Oh, of it's the- also spilled everywhere. Not everywhere, but just it just spilled onto my, my notes, my paper. Okay. We'll so figure is, it out. So this okay, is why but- Natalie handles all things wine. Okay. It's just making me nervous that it's oh, I'm so... Gonna- <sighs> <sighs> it was like hanging <laughs> off the edge of the table. One a, a, a gust of wind would have ended this all for us. Okay, the top is on, guys, and we're, we're not going to lose this it wine bottle. Okay, so let's take a sip of this Roscato from a listener, Shelby. Shelby, cheers. I love anything sweet. It's a little bubbly. Oh, she's effervescent. It's a little bubbly. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I kind of was. You were expecting bubbles? Oh, no, I was expecting the flavor. Oh, oh, yeah. I was expecting the flavor, but not the not the texture. <laughs> <laughs> the texture. The texture. 
I feel like we should talk about <laughs> really quick the incident. The we drama. Were, the incident we were a part of. I'm going to say you were more a part of it. She was up here with the camera. She was getting all the different angles. <laughs> she was she was on the scene. <laughs> okay, so Natalie and I went roller skating for a friend of ours birthday in which I actually did not know that Natalie cannot roller skate. I can't roller skate. I didn't know. I didn't know no. that about you. I learned something new every day. Yeah. So, you know, I was holding Natalie's hand for a few rounds and then she yeah. kind of had to sit out. I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. But we were roller skating. We we're having fun. There's music playing. And then all of a sudden they're like, everyone to the side. Woman goes down. She's down. She's down. I'm like, okay, she twisted her whole ankle. Yeah. It's fine. They're going to pick her up. Yeah. And then she's down for a while. And then. And then the while turned into a wild well she's holding her leg and i'm thinking she twisted her ankle and then all of a sudden the paramedics Flashing lights arrive mm-hmm. and pick this woman up and uh bring in a whole wheel stretcher a stretcher and there are people on the scene and yep. i'm i am listening to way too much true crime you guys because <laughs> i'm on this i'm taking videos i can't get enough of she's it. like people, hold on they're moving or let me go up there people are like getting like sodas <laughs> and like people are like not really and i'm like oh is anyone watching this? i have videos on my phone and i feel really bad about it but i couldn't control myself and um, it was a crime scene it was a crime scene and this woman got wheeled out of the roller skating rink I but know. it was her arm her arm was her like arm in, was a, in a sling in a sling and it was so funny because it was this huge moment. And then she's getting wheeled out and everyone's clapping for the paramedics. Like, Yay. yes, thank you. And then two seconds later, they're like, bum, 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 bum. and everyone's like, yeah. well, they're skating again. They're like, yeah, let's go, guys. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like nothing had happened. The paramedics are driving away and we're just like, oh, yeah, let's start skating, guys. How you doing? How's your soda pop? How's it going? <laughs> well, the other thing that was funny is there's like this big sign in this roller rink that says like, Roller skating is three times safer than playing football and like all this stuff. So we watched this one girl go down. Then one of our friends, other friend that we hadn't met yet, she was like, well, I'm not going to skate because when I was in eighth grade, I snapped my shin in half. Oh, my God. (laughs) She's like, I am a little triggered being here. And then didn't Joe say like, oh, yeah, I knew somebody. Oh, yeah. And then I told Joe about the girl who fell. And he was like, yeah, I told you to be careful because he told me to be careful before I left. And I was like, babe, I'm an amazing roller skater. No, but but you are an amazing roller skater. Thank you for saying that. But um, I was being like stuck up about it. But he was like, no, my coworker went roller skating and broke both her wrists. Because, you know, you try to catch yourself yeah. when you go down, and then she snapped both her wrists. So I'm like, I feel like the statistic. I will say that that paramedics came so quick. I know they're on call. I know oh, they come. Oh, you was know like, they're coming they every their, Saturday night. The, the manager came out. The woman signed to form. The paramedics came. They had her out. The music went back on. <laughs> they just turned it they right back on. They do that every on. night. It happens every night. <laughs> the disco sure. ball came back down. <laughs> also, just really quick, because I when we t- brought up Joe, I think that just we collectively yeah for the amis yeah we need a citizens arrest joe oh my god we just did it for spongebob did did we no was that an arrest oh we didn't arrest him i feel like he needs to be citizen arrest because we have gotten a dm now from an ami saying joe this whole spongebob thing cannot happen if you want to go back to what episode did we talk about the spongebob thing in i have no idea (laughs) god wait hold on if you want to go back and listen to aging joyfully oh yeah aging joyfully episode 87 in the beginning we talked about how joe does not like spongebob and i was trying to ask you guys is this a red flag and we had a listener kylie write in and said yes girl she was like 
I don't know how you can get past this. She was like, this this is a big one. Yeah. I love how she was like, when you first said it, I thought, we can get past this. And then I thought, no, we can't. No, we can't. (laughs) So... You guys, Sorry, maybe Joe. maybe the solution here is that Joe and I sit down. We watch a couple episodes together. Yeah. And I hold his hand. And I'd be like, this is a judgment-free zone. Yeah. You are safe enough to like SpongeBob. Yeah. You can like SpongeBob in I'm going to get him there, guys. I'm going to get him there. Don't you worry your pretty little heads. But until then, we've arrested him for you. Yeah, he's under arrest until then. Until then. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's get into today's episode, which is intuitive eating, how to eat what you love. And we have dietitian Sammy Privet uh-huh. here today. And, you know, we actually had a bunch of AMIs write in about nutrition and how we can properly feed ourselves as baby adults. Well, baby adults. We've had people write in, how do I eat? How do I eat? What do I eat? <laughs> I think another am I asked about juice cleanses yes, and like if they did. should do one. Uh-huh. So, you know, this is a sensitive subject and we really wanted to make sure we brought in a true expert in the field for this episode. And we got her. We got a I true actually, expert. Yes, I found Sammy on TikTok, but she is way more accredited than, than just that. So let's introduce Sammy. Yeah. So Sammy, she graduated from Penn State with a Bachelor of Science in Nutritional Sciences and a minor in kinesiology. Mm, sounds, sounds sounds very fancy. Mm-hmm. She worked in the sports nutrition department at Penn State with all 31 varsity teams. In addition to working in athletics, she served as a retail registered dietitian for ShopRite supermarkets in New Jersey. She specializes in individual nutritional coaching as well as grocery store tours, corporate wellness, and keynote speaking. She's also a certified personal trainer through the National Academy of Sports Medicine, as well as a certified intuitive eating counselor. Mm. And she really enjoys working with all different populations. Her favorite part about being a dietitian is helping others create peace with food. Many people believe dietitians are the food police, and this is simply untrue. She believes that food was made to provide our bodies with nourishment and pleasure, and she treats each client with individualized care based on their specific needs. And she actually has a whole team over at Find Food Freedom, and they are very proud to say they do not support the $72 billion, with a B, billion with a B. dollar diet industry. And they are completely rooted in intuitive eating and health at every size. And they believe all humans deserve fair, unbiased health care, regardless of the size of your body. I love it. I love That's the future. That is the future. Okay, so let's bring, let's bring on Sammy, Sammy on. Hello, Sammy. Hey, Sammy. Hello, ladies. How are you? We're we're Good. great. Yeah. Um, we were just saying you have a beautiful glow, and then you were saying, "Well, it's because I'm pregnant." <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I'm gonna say. That it's it's connected to. We'll, we'll go with that for today. I think it's natural. Yeah. It's always there, <laughs> right? Well, thank you. Thank you so much. We're so excited to have you on because we've actually had a few listeners write in because, you know, we're a how-to podcast and we always ask, you know, like, what do you guys want to know about? Like, what can we guide you through? And we've gotten a few people writing in like, 
how do I eat? How do I eat? <laughs> how do I like figure yeah. out how to eat as an adult? Like, you know, there's so many things that are influencing us in, in what we eat and how we eat. And so we were, I was on my TikTok and I was scrolling and I, and I found your page and I was like, oh my God, she's perfect. One, you're so fun and relatable, but also you're a dietitian and you really know this field. And you are definitely more of an expert about what to eat than us. Yeah. There's no <laughs> amount of research that I would ever feel comfortable being like, so this is what you should eat and how. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but you specifically speak about intuitive eating. Yes. And I was going to say like to Natalie's comment, like I don't even tell people what to eat. And that's yeah. the fun thing that we'll get into today is that like, nobody should be dictating what you are eating except for you. And that's a big part of intuitive eating is learning how to build that trust with yourself again, because we live in a world that tells us specifically women, but everybody that we shouldn't trust ourselves and there's something wrong with us. And that's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. What is like your personal definition of intuitive eating? So intuitive eating is a self-care framework. It integrates instinct, emotion, and rational thought. So it incorporates all of those three pieces. It was created by two dietitians back in 1995. So I did not create intuitive eating. It has been around for a really, really long time. Intuitive eating is weight-inclusive evidence-based, and it has validated assessments. So there's actually like a a structure to it. I think a lot of times when people stumble upon it on social, they think it's just eat whatever you want, whenever you want, you know, fuck dieting. I will be guilty and say that was probably my like understanding of it. Just, just the wording of it. That's what you would assume it's surprising that it, yeah, it has a structure. It's actually, you know, founded by dietitians. There's actually like a method to yeah. intuitive Science. eating. Yeah. Yes. But I think that's how most people come across it is like, Oh my gosh, like, I can eat cake and cookies and pizza and not be a bad human. What? And I think that's like the, the first like allure to it, but it like very simply put, it helps us regain trust with our body again. And I say again, because we were all born into this world, trusting our bodies, but then we grow up in this $72 billion diet industry with the quick fixes and the pills and the supplements. And, you know, we're all raised by humans who have their own relationship with food. And there's just external disturbances that build a distrust with ourselves. So with intuitive eating, we help find that inner voice again, learn how to trust ourselves and be able to make behavior changes that feel physically, mentally, and emotionally pleasant. It's really about coming home to your body again. Kind of getting your life back too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You get so controlled by whatever, you know, diet you're following yeah. or whatever the messaging you're getting mental work. It takes to be like, how many calories is this? And can I eat this? And da, 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 yeah. da. It's like so much of your brain capacity. I have a question. So like, what's an example, like what would be like a non-intuitive eating meal and what would be like an intuitive eating meal? So the cool thing about intuitive eating is that all foods fit. So that means the fun foods, the play foods, which diet culture would call like crap or junk or cheat meals, air quotes, heavy air quotes over here. So intuitive eating encompasses all of that food. And then it also encompasses nutrient dense foods, air quote, healthy foods as diet culture usually uses that term. So all foods fit with intuitive eating. There's nothing that's off limits. So really an intuitive eating meal is anything. 
It's truly anything in that moment that you're craving, that you want, that sounds good, that makes you feel pleasant in your body. But the difference I would say is the intention behind the meal. So it's not necessarily what you're eating. It's the why behind what you're eating. So intuitive eating, the intention is to fuel your body, listen to your hunger cues, give you energy because you enjoy it. But a diet culture meal, the sole intention is how do I restrict myself, deprive myself, cut out in order to shrink my body. So when we see all of these diets out there, And now, unfortunately, they're getting smarter and they're realizing people don't want to diet. So they're using this language that sounds like intuitive eating, but then the goal of their program is to shrink the body, AKA restriction. I was going to say, (laughs) (laughs) oh yes, girls. I love it. We can, okay. If I can call out like companies. Oh yeah, no, we're we're not. We will never by them. work with these people. No. Oh my gosh. Oh, I feel so at home here. I have so many different uh, videos about like fuck Noom and all this shit. But anyways, can I hope I can swear? Oh I apologize. my yes. god. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I very I very much so feel at home. But yes, so that that is so problematic because so many people are looking to break free from dieting, but now it's more confusing than ever because before spotting diet culture was a little easier, but now it's getting more and more tricky. Yeah. They're just finding different ways to kind of rebrand it up. I'm curious at what point in your journey as a dietitian, did you realize that diet culture was kind of underlying everything having to do with food in the food industry? Like when did that come to you where you were like, Oh my God, like this is all manipulative. Yeah. It wasn't unfortunately until I was already a dietitian practicing in private practice. And I think it was just the cognitive dissonance that was coming up for me that like, and the imposter syndrome of like, I hate my body. I have no idea what the fuck to eat yet. I'm sitting across from a, like a table from someone trying to tell them what to eat. This can't be right. And then I would help them air quotes, lose weight for let's say weeks, maybe a few months. And then if they could overcome the guilt or shame, they would call me and be like, I need a reset. I failed. I'm a failure. And this would happen over and over again. And I'm like, this is not right. Like this is not working. This is not helping anybody. And by recognizing how uncomfortable that was, I was so lucky and, you know, to be exposed to intuitive eating and different eating disorder dietitians in my field where once I heard the intuitive eating message, I was like, Oh my God, this is the magic answer I've been searching for because I went into the field as a dietitian. I think like most dietitians do one, they want to help people and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a, a great intention, but two, the majority of dietitians struggle with disordered eating or eating disorders. So oh. they're just going out and causing a bunch of harm thinking they're helping people. So I was very fortunate enough to learn from other colleagues about intuitive eating. And then I realized, oh, the magic answer is that you shouldn't be focusing on weight loss. And it's like, I I spent how many years of my life just chasing a smaller body and thinking my body was the problem. Yeah. And it's just so heavily ingrained in all of us. Like when you said, when did you realize when you asked, Sammy, that I thought to myself, it's crazy that that's not the default. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. The mm-hmm. Intuitive eating is not the default. I, I can't remember when I was little, I can't remember just being like, oh, I'm just going to eat this for because I'm hungry. And that sounds good. It was always some sort of other thing happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yes. we grew up in the nineties, you know, there was a million fad diets mm-hmm. that were kind of obviously fad diets. But which ones are kind of happening now that you think are particularly dangerous that people should get away from? And maybe even some that aren't super obvious. Yeah. Okay. So I could go so many ways with this question. It's hard. I would say, can I just say all, but yeah. um, I mean, all, the above. I all. Say all because they're all a gateway. I mean, people that diet have the greatest risk of developing eating disorder. So I would say all, and, but if I had to pick a few, I mean, we've already mentioned new, we might as well go there because (laughs) they're calling themselves anti-diet and yet they're prescribing 1200 calories to grown humans, which that's the nutritional needs of a two-year-old. And they're saying that they're based on psychology, yet they're using a stoplight approach to food and telling people there's red foods that they shouldn't have, which is placing morality on food. So I don't know how that's weight watchers reimagined. Yeah. So (laughs) I think like that sticks out to me because like we said, they're being sneaky about it. Like they were calling themselves anti-diet till December 31st. And then as soon as January one hit, they were calling themselves like the best weight loss program because they knew in January, everybody was looking for weight loss. So I think that is, is definitely where my head goes, but I also like to make it really clear to people when they hear me speak as a registered dietitian, but more so as an intuitive eating counselor, that it's not our job to convince people not to diet. And I say this over and over on TikTok, like the people that we work with, they are at a point where they say dieting doesn't work for me. I've been doing it for five, 10, 20, 30 plus years. It has harmed my health, but I simply just don't know what to do next because my entire life's mission and purpose has been shrinking my body. So what the hell am I supposed to do now? So if anybody listening to this is dieting, right, is on Noom, is doing the keto diet or fasting, there's no guilt or shame in that. Like every single human I work with has dieted for like their entire life. And I think that we need that dieting experience to get to a place to say, this doesn't work. This has harmed me. And we have the autonomy to choose like, do I want to walk away from dieting or am I going to be fulfilled if 20 years from now I look back and say, I'm so happy that I did Noom for 20 years. And that is your decision. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's 20 years, but you're never going to get where you want to go. And it doesn't actually work. (laughs) Right. And I'm sure that when you're on the 12 years of Noom, you look at pictures of yourself and you're, you could be tiny or whatever you want to be. And you, you'd still look at yourself like, Oh, I don't, I don't like how I look. You know what I mean? It's more of your mindset. Yes. Body image has everything to do with the brain and nothing to do with the physical body. But I I do want to also just recognize my privileges as a thin, white, able-bodied, cisgender, heterosexual woman that it's so much easier for me to say that. And especially looking in when we're talking specifically about diet culture, I can say these messages and come on TikTok and be like, oh my God, yay, like food freedom. But if some of my colleagues, like I have colleagues that are in larger bodies and 
black say it, then they're like, you're promoting obesity and you're disgusting. And it's like, like what the fuck? So there's, you know, it's important to recognize that marginalized bodies can people in marginalized bodies can say the same thing as me and they are discriminated against. They are oppressed. So it's so much easier for me to say. And, And I think that's an important piece to pull into this conversation as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's so important that you said that because I mean, we're all coming from different experiences and it's easier for some people to subscribe to a narrative than others. And everyone's not given the same grace as others. And so I think it's really important that you pointed that out because that is a big piece in all of this too. Yeah. Sometimes I'll see like comments on, you know, like body positive Instagram, whatever people are like, you're promoting bad health. You're promoting blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, I feel like Lizzo gets that a lot. Yeah. And it's like, well, you actually don't know anything about, she could be healthier than you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We're just so, what's the word? Biased mm-hmm. against larger bodies, which is just insane. But I think one thing that is universal for everybody, regardless of body size, can be eating disorders or disordered eating. And so my, yeah, you brought that up earlier. You kind of said both. And I was curious about that. So what's the difference or are they one and the same? So there definitely are differences, but I will say, I feel like the lines are getting grayer and grayer just as disordered eating becomes so much more prevalent. So when we look at the research between for women ages 25 to about 45, 65% of women have disordered eating and an additional 10% have clinical diagnosed eating disorder. And that's not to count all of the people that never seek treatment. Right. Right. So yes, 75% of women are walking around with a fucked up relationship with food. So, and that's, and and unfortunately we don't have a ton of research on men or non-binary genders. So, you know, not to leave them out because everybody has a relationship with food, but a lot of the research is on women, but no, when we look at clinical diagnosed eating disorder, I mean, that's where we classically think of anorexia, bulimia, orthorexia, those have some very, very serious self-harming behaviors and are very, very dangerous. And it's not that disordered eating doesn't include self-harming behaviors, but it's a little bit easier to hide and it's a little more accepted. And actually, if we think about it, disordered eating behaviors are praised in our culture, AKA Noom, right? Tracking your calories, maybe packing your food to go to a social event because there's not food that you're air quotes allowed to eat there. Eating differently in front of others, like performative eating, right? Like eating the nutrient dense foods, not because you want it, but because people will think you're at air quotes, better human. Some of these things that I think are, are truly praised in our culture are disordered eating versus eating disorder. For example, bulimia, is excessive amounts of food in a short amount of time, followed by vomiting, excessive exercise, excessive laxative use, really trying to rid your body of the food. So those are some kind of different examples, but I would say it's hard because disordered eating is becoming so much more common. And then of course, those who struggle with disordered eating are at a higher risk for eating disorder. So the line definitely does get gray sometimes. Yeah. 
I mean, it's, I mean, we live, we live in LA and so, you know, like everybody, we actually are gluten-free, but yeah. you know, everyone has like a restriction and it's, it, it can feel sometimes like it's a cool kid thing to mm-hmm. place a restriction on yourself or when people are like, oh, you know, I'm this, I'm that. And, you know, you do wonder how much of that is disordered eating and, and how much of that is actually necessary. Yeah. Especially out here. Not to say that everybody's lying. And also just the fact that it's all masked under this like guise of wellness health umbrella umbrella. Like like you're going to eat, you're going to drink five juices a day for (laughs) seven days. And that's like healthy. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, that was one thing that we had a listener write in about. They they were asking about know juice cleanses. Yeah. I mean, juice is great, right? Like if you want to drink juice, absolutely drink juice. But should you be drinking six juices a day because it's air quote healthy? No, right? What are we lacking then? We're lacking protein. We're lacking fat. We're lacking crunch. We're lacking satisfaction from food. There's so many things that are, we're lacking fiber, depending on the juices, if they're how they're processed. So, no, I do not support juice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying yeah. that live on the podcast. <laughs> But I will say that with intuitive eating, I think one of the big things people are misinformed about, like you're allowed to have food preferences, right? You're allowed to have, if you have a food allergy, right? Or if you have an intolerance, like you're allowed to make decisions around food because you genuinely want to, or because you genuinely feel more pleasant when you do that. And I think a lot of times but like you were saying, Corinne, like how much of that is actually a preference or how much are we pretending it's a preference? So it can be actually, it's masked as a preference, but really it's a restriction. I mean, yes, obviously I have a, a food allergy, so yeah, I'm so exactly. empathetic to it, but I just, I, I just growing up in LA, there's, it seems like everybody has the same yes. food allergy. Right? Exactly. <laughs> to all food, right? To, to all, all food, food yeah. seemingly. Yeah. You kind of said earlier about how your upbringing affects your relationship with food. And I'm curious, like what negative beliefs can we pick up in childhood that kind of last throughout our adulthood? And how can we now as adults combat them and realize that we even have these negative beliefs to begin with? Great question. And this is like a perfect segue to promote your podcast where I listened to your parenting episode today that you guys did on like your relationships with parents. It was fabulous. Thank you. Yes. And, but why I say that is because first off, it's important to recognize that when we're thinking about childhood beliefs that we've, you know, picked up our parents were human. Right. And not to say that our relationships with food are solely dependent on our parents, but they are one of the biggest contributing factors to that. So recognizing that our parents have done the best that they could with the resources that they had and that they are human. So recognizing for ourselves as we go into adulthood, okay, what thoughts and beliefs do I have about food and writing those all down on a piece of paper and then identifying, okay, where did these thoughts and beliefs come from? Did we hear mom saying this? Was this dad? Was this grandma? Was this a coach? Was this a mentor? Was this a teacher? Was this not a person? And maybe it was 17 magazine. I, that might be a little, I might be dating myself here. Oh no, we're no. right there with you. I remember yeah. something in 
seen one time where I thought I was like 13 or something. And it said that Giselle was five eleven and 120 pounds. And I was 120 pounds at the time. And I thought, I just have to be five eleven. That's all I gotta do. <laughs> all I have to do is grow. I have to be five, and I'm five four and have been since then. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought, yeah, crazy. Exactly. So, so maybe it's not even a person, but it was like influential things as we grew up. Right. So it's magazines shows, obviously social media has exploded as we've grown. So it's recognizing what are the thoughts and beliefs we hold around food and where did they come from? And really just building that awareness first and then coming from a place of curiosity. So instead of judging or guilting ourselves for having these rules or following these rules, can we just get curious about them? Where did they come from? And recognizing that all thoughts and beliefs affect our feelings, which then affect our behaviors. So of course, if we think or have been told or believe that pizza is bad, well, then when we eat pizza, we are going to feel guilt or shame. So then when we look at our behaviors around pizza, it's probably going to look like a heck of a lot of restriction followed by binging, followed by restricting again, and then binging and recognizing that doesn't serve us, but I rambled on there. So I would say just to, to make it more digestible for anyone listening, the first step is just awareness. You don't have to do anything with this, but just getting curious, where do my thoughts and beliefs about food come from? Yeah. Yeah. And then once you realize it's not your authentic voice, that's like, such a big part of the puzzle. You're like, yeah. Oh, that's not even my thought. Yeah. Yes. That doesn't even come from me. Yeah. Yes. And then it, but then I think it does get confusing for people because the messaging is so, you know, it's like, okay, what do I believe? And then it's, you look around and it's, Oh, I should probably intermittent fast or whatever. And it's, it's hard to, it's very pervasive yes. and very hard to like, what is Differentiate. the word? Differentiate. Yeah, yeah. Between health and just plain old diet culture, which is so common for all young women, it seems, but let's say somebody listening has all these same thoughts. They're like, Oh, ding, ding. I agree with all of this that they're saying, but the people around them are all dieters. They're all, you know, caught up in all of that. How can they, what should they say, I guess, to their friends and family who have those kind of beliefs? Great question. And this is something I feel like with so many of my clients we work on because they feel like they're the only ones on an intuitive eating journey because the majority of the world is entrenched in diet culture and may never be on an intuitive eating journey. So one of the first things I would say to anybody is release yourself of the responsibility of convincing everybody that they need to be an intuitive eater. Because when you first get like woke to intuitive eating, you're like, everybody needs to know this and dieting sucks and all this stuff. And I know I did that and I got burnt out real quick. And I was like, Whoa, okay, no. So releasing yourself of that responsibility is huge. And then of course, like there's so much nuance to this because it totally depends on the person or the loved ones and how entrenched they are and how toxic they are, et cetera. But I think this is where boundaries, you know, is huge. I know you girls openly talk about going to therapy. So, you know, a lot of our clients work with a therapist in conjunction with our services, but whether it's creating actual physical distance from a person, like if you are really in the thick of your healing journey with food and body image, 
and you know that you get constantly triggered when you're around your aunt Cheryl, well, maybe we try to create some physical distance from aunt Cheryl for until we're at a better place and have a stronger foundation. So physical distance could be something, but if that's not an option, just depending on holidays or events or whatever, it's role-playing kind of worst case scenarios before we get into those scenarios. So that's a lot of what we do with clients is saying, okay, what is the absolute worst thing that aunt Cheryl could say to you? That's going to trigger you. What are you feeling and sensing in your body right now? What's coming up for you and how can we work on responses that are going to serve you? Because getting defensive about intuitive eating and trying to fight for it. A lot of times we walk away from those conversations defeated because that person was never reachable or teachable. So now we're just expending our mental energy to try to convince someone of something they're never going to believe. So really making sure that you have boundaries in place. You've kind of some idea of what you would say if someone said something to you, but knowing that it's not your responsibility, you do not have to convince people and just that's going to look different for everybody, but doing the best you can to stay safe and and just do what feels good for you. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, I mean, that is in terms of intuitive eating, but just really life in general, you know, like it's such a life lesson. And that's also what we did talk about in that. Maybe it was our holiday. We did how to survive the holidays with your parents. And it was like, don't try to like convince them of your, you know, just, you know, like let them be where they're at and you're at where you're at because it does get exhausting to have to try to like fight for your point of view or, you know, you can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. And you're right. It's tough. It's tough, especially when you're being triggered, you know, (laughs) And especially when most family events or events in general are around food, Food, right? So it's, it's knowing like going into those, you know, events, what do I need to be safe and walking through that with a professional who can help you or a community or, or, you know, support because you will be triggered if you step outside of your house, right? Like diet culture is everywhere. So it's just a matter of building a toolkit that's going to keep you safe. Yeah. Well, Sammy, I want to ask you about your company, Find Food Freedom, which is a virtual private practice of non-diet dietitians, not like Noom. Uh, (laughs) So I want to ask you, how do you work with your clients and like what services do you offer? Yeah. So everybody is at such a different point on their, their journey of walking away from dieting and finding food freedom. So we have a bunch of different offerings depending on where people are at, but they can find all of these offerings at findfoodfreedom.net. And I would say the best place to start, if you're hearing this conversation today and you're like, what the heck? I've never heard of any of this, but I'm curious about it. Um, If they go to findfoodfreedom.net, there's a free beginner's training where we do one hour of really breaking down belief systems and educating on what intuitive eating is and what it isn't. We do all sorts of coaching. So we have one-on-one coaching, group coaching. We have a monthly membership, um, which is a great way to just connect with others that are on a food freedom journey. So we really have so many different options, just depending on what people are looking for. And they can find all of that at findfoodfreedom.net. I think that's so wonderful that you offer all that. And your TikTok, I got to say, is great. I love the TikTok. You have such great like bite-sized pieces of information that are fun and you're funny. And so that's also a great resource if you just want to like start to lightly 
um, dip your toes, dip your toes into it. Yeah. But we could, we have so many questions for you. We could I ask know. you a million, but we have to let you go. But I just want to say thank you so much, Sammy, for coming on here and speaking on this. I think this is going to be so helpful to a lot of our listeners who specifically wrote in for an episode like this. So we appreciate your time. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. We'll have a have great a rest great... of your day and congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> thank you first? so much. This is our first and it has been a long journey to get here. So we are very, very grateful. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Bye guys. I could talk to her for ever. Yeah, she's so, she was so wise and I feel like she was so calming in her delivery yeah. of things. Like the way she speaks, she's like, I was like, whatever you say, yeah. girlfriend. I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I also love her messaging. I mean, I saw her on TikTok and I was just like, I love what she's saying and the way that she's saying it. And I'm so happy we had her on and I yeah. hope she was helpful for you guys. And we hope that you learn more about intuitive eating, finding food freedom and how to create a balanced, healthy relationship with eating. And you can yeah. always reach out to Find Food Freedom. Find Food Freedom. We'll have her linked in our show notes if you guys want to start working with her. Yeah. Or even doing that little one hour. Oh, yeah. She yeah. also has like the little beginner's free yeah. little course. Check it out. We love a course. We love a course. Okay. So, Nat, should we circle back on the wine that our listeners suggested? The sweet the, red. The Roscato Rosso, Rosso Dolce Italia. Italia from our listener, Shelby. Shelby. Do you think it's supposed to be effervescent? I like that it is. Here's the thing. Shelby did Can not see the bottle? lead us astray because it is very sweet. Tastes like grape juice. Oh, I get it. What is it? Roscato. It's a play. It's a red Moscato. Roscato. Yeah. Yes. I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a sweet dessert wine. It's a little dessert. Yeah. And you know, I do love a dessert wine. I think it's really fun. Like my mom, who doesn't like to drink and doesn't like the taste of alcohol, would would really like this because it's just like like a sweet, bubbly grape juice. I feel like it's dangerous because I could could just drink this. You could put a straw in this and just drink it. (laughs) I could drink this. You know I love grapes. You love grapes. (laughs) This 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 woman loves grapes. And this is essentially a big glass of grapes. Okay, so let's introduce our hottie of the week, then we can rate it. Okay. Our hottie this week is Miss Jennifer Lawrence. Yes, and Jennifer was quoted saying, I'm not very strict with my diet. If I want a piece of pizza, I eat a piece of pizza. There, she She's intuitive eating right there. That is intuitive eating. And I feel like she's had a lot of pressure from the industry to like change her body shape. Yeah. And by the way, she looks incredible. Yeah. And she's always been really resistant to it. And yeah. she's like, yeah, I'm going to eat what I'm going to eat. And she right. always like goes on red carpets and she's like, I'm starving. Yes. And let me say, I've been on a lot of red carpets and you are so hungry. And those events are so long. And they never have and food. And they have little bite-sized little. And you're like, I need a meal. Somebody feed me food. So... Yeah. For that reason, J-Law is our hottie of the week. So one to J-Law, what are we thinking of this Roscato Roscato. Rosso Dolce? I like it. I like it. It is incredibly sweet. I was going to say it's it's almost... It's almost too, too sweet, sweet for me personally. For me too. I would give it... But I think if I was like 21... Oh my oh, God, I would love this. I would just be chugging this. I could give it a 7... I'll give it a seven. 
Okay. Yeah. We're going to give it a seven out of J-Law. Thank you so much, Shelby. And if you guys have a favorite wine that you want us to rate and review on the podcast, you can email us just like she did at amidoingthisrightpod at gmail.com. Yes. Because we would love to try it. All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week, we're playing Recent Obsessions. Obsessions. Okay, here's what I realized. <laughs> that we just make up that a was, sound first every of all, that time. that was so terrible. <laughs> Obsessions. <laughs> Please help us. Um, no, what I was re- realizing is that I don't get obsessed with things. You don't? No. You get on kicks. I don't. Think about it. Okay, well, one of them you did as a recent obsession, I think. Like, True crime. Oh, that is a new obsession of I yours. I did already did that one, though. Did you? Mm-hmm. What about Salt Lake City um, Housewives? Housewives it's, but I'm not obsessed. Like, I started watching and I stopped. I don't get, I don't have an addictive personality where I, like, have to have, I don't really do that. Well, I get, I don't really. But I have something that I'm going to say today. Okay. Because I feel like I also, I just will, there's certain things that are so good that I'm like, oh, my God. Everybody has to know about this. I'm obsessed. I know. See, I don't have that with anything. Okay, well, I, I have it. I I'm know. very excited. Oh, I, you go. You go, girl. No, I want to hear yours first. Okay, yeah. Mine's not as exciting. So I, am I obsessed with this? I don't know. But it's a recent thing. That you like. And and, and you already know about it. Is this fucking... And it's on brand with this episode. It's this fucking show called Is It Cake? Oh, my god it's on netflix you guys it's the worst show on earth it is so bad but basically the concept is there's bakers and then you have to decide if what they've baked is a cake or it's a real object (laughs) and you're from far away and so let's say you know they have a basketball or a purse or a little toy car you're like is that cake so then are there judges that have to guess if it's cake? Yes, yes. So every episode there's a new judge that like, there's three new judges that like kind of match the theme of the episode. Okay. Like, for example, they did like a fashion episode and like Karama was on. Okay. Um, And like he had to decide like, oh, is that a t-shirt or is it cake? <laughs> or is it cake? And it's so, and I feel like the host, who's Mikey Day, is aware of how fucking ridiculous the show is. So he's like making fun of the show the whole time. Anyways, you guys, if you have absolutely, when I say you've watched everything <laughs> else, maybe try Is It Cake. Then go to Is It Cake. Well, this is so funny because my obsession is a TV show. Okay. You guys, Severance? Oh, Severance. I can't stop talking about it. Okay, I need to watch it. You, I can't even tell you. When I ended it, I thought, was that the best show I've ever seen? Oh my god! It is that good. Uh, okay, so this is the exact opposite. You have the best show you've ever seen, and I have the worst the show. The worst I've ever show, watched. <laughs> right? But it's like entertaining. Oh, it's entertaining. It's so entertaining. Whereas, so that's like a light. You can just like watch that in the background. Severance. You need to have your phone down, and you need to be eyes on the screen. Right. Because if you like miss two seconds of it, it's you're like, gonna be like, huh? <laughs> but it's. I'm gonna say something controversial yet brave. What? It's really up there for me with Breaking Bad and Stranger Things. Oh my god! I'm gonna put it in the category of Breaking Bad and Stranger Things. Oh my god! 
It's on okay. Apple TV Plus, which I don't have, but I steal it from our friend Richard. Richard who has, you also are me, has sent me the um, <laughs> the, re- the login. The request to join the family. Yeah. Yeah. You have to start it. Okay. It's wild. I'm on it. I'm going to start that. And you know what, Natalie? You don't have to start as a cake. But you know what? Now that I finished Severance, I don't know what to do with You're my like, life. What do I do? So now I need to just guess if things are cake. <laughs> Well, if you guys want to sign up for our newsletter, we should put in a a picture and have them guess if it's cake. Oh my God, you guys. Okay, so there's going to be two photos in this week's newsletter. One is going to be an item and the other is going to be cake. Cake. You're going to have to guess. You're going to have to guess. Or we will just put it on the stories because it's easier to oh, vote. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll it'll put be on, on the, the Instagram story. So you guys can follow us on at Am I Doing This Right Pod on Instagram. It'll be in the stories and it'll be an item and, and one's going to be cake. And you got to figure it out. Is it cake? Is it cake? Oh, and then we'll reveal it at the end. Yeah. Anyways, like always, we will be back next week with another episode. Love you guys. Love you so much.